0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Conscious Vibe Podcast,
1: where we elevate intellect through conscious dialogue
0: while exploring race, politics, business, and culture. I'm Dr. Darrell L. Jones. And I'm Charles D. Mitchell.
1: Welcome to the Conscious Vibe. Charles, my man,
0: how are you? DJ, good to see you. Busy times, man, really, right? Oh, yeah, crazy. It's all good, though. It's great.
1: It is is good. Yeah, life is good. It is good. Good to
0: see you. Yeah, you too.
1: We have a special guest today, Nicole Demas. Nicole,
0: how are you?
2: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: Hi, Nicole. Hi. It's finally good to meet you. I heard a lot about you.
2: I know. I hear a lot about you, too. Ah, It's like I know you.
0: Same. Exactly. Now we're... you together. It's perfect. Fine. Even though you thought she was someone else. But we... That is not true. Who did that you think I was? Well, that is well, not true.
1: Yeah.
0: That was not true. Names never came <laughs> it's right. up. It is right. Yeah. so you. Yeah. Well, who who did, did you think I was? was a oh, it it, it, was, was, a, it was an innocent mistake. We won't get into conversation. it. was <laughs> an It was an innocent mistake, and I made an assumption.
2: What was that assumption? We'll,
0: we'll anyway. get to that. Oh, anyway. oh I can't wait. It's another conversation. But anyway,
1: welcome. It's a pleasure to have you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. We
1: always love to start with a little bit of history. So where are you from? We know you have a twin, which is awesome. We, I don't think we've ever had anyone that's had a twin no. on the show. So mm. tell us a little bit about where you grew up, how you grew up, and a little bit about being a twin.
2: I was born in Bridgeport, Connecticut, but okay. I spent most of my life in Dallas. Um, I moved here in 2013. Okay. Uh, growing up with a twin, I don't really know what it's like to not have a twin so yeah. what's it like growing up as a single person i don't know <laughs> i don't know anything else people always ask me that question but i truly don't know life alone
0: is your twin here in yeah. Arizona? She is? Mm-hmm. Awesome. what brought you to arizona when you were 13
2: no when i was 13 in
0: 2013 oh. <laughs> um i have a hearing problem
2: i Clearly. was a corporate trainer for a restaurant oh cool yeah so it brought me all over the place. And I would staff the females and train them. And it brought me out to Arizona.
1: You ever heard of Twin Peaks?
2: Uh, okay, let's go there.
1: Uh, wait, come on. This is-, this is Yeah. I mean, situation. there's a reason it's called <laughs> yeah. Twin
0: Peaks, right?
2: It, no, it's not uh, because we were twins. It was actually- No,
0: no, no. No, that's <laughs> okay. what I was <laughs> talking about.
2: Why <laughs> is it called Twin Peaks, Charles?
0: You've never seen the signage? I mean, you've seen the signage outside. Yeah, it's mountain my, tops. My, my, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two of them. Right. My old (laughs) office was like, we were literally right next door to the Twin Peaks on Camelback.
2: Okay. Okay. So I opened the Scottsdale, the North Scottsdale location. But I traveled with them for years before I planted here in Scottsdale. So I would go open their stores, train their girls. It was definitely lifestyle.
1: Yeah. So you have a twin, but you have an older sister as well?
2: I have an older sister- a twin, a younger brother who was actually born a triplet. Oh wow! So my mom had a single, wow. double, triple pregnancy. Oh my
1: gosh! It's amazing.
2: Yeah, but two of them did not survive. My brother did. And then when wow. I was in high school, my mom adopted our best friend. And then my mom passed when I was nineteen, and my dad remarried, and I have two stepsisters.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, amazing we're story. A big
2: family.
1: Gonna oh, play footsie. So, so, I've known, so I've known you for about a year and a half now. And one of the characteristics I would say describes you is you are able to uh, weave in and out of different social circles. And I think that's a skill, something people have to develop. Is that something you've always been able to do or where did you develop that characteristic?
2: Yeah, I think it's because uh, being a twin, people remember you. And I think that was mm-hmm. a blessing and a curse because you meet so many people and you can't always remember everyone, but people always remember you. So being able to navigate every social situation I've ever been in wasn't always easy. But now I think I manage it better.
1: And identical twins, correct? Yeah. Was, you took the question. Right out of my <laughs> yeah. Head. So okay. how often are you guys mistaken for each other?
2: Not so much anymore because we cut our hair and changed our image a little bit. But growing up, we dressed the same by choice till we were like 14. Okay. And then we tried to separate ourselves. And we would still manage to pick out the same outfit without talking about it and come out in the same thing. So it was
0: very interesting.
2: We're very in sync. But we were mistaken for each other for a long time until recently.
0: Even your close friends? So I've, yeah. I, the, the twins I've known, typically I you, you get to know them very well and you can typically tell who's who just based upon just you know sort of like body gestures, you know, this little small mannerisms, mannerisms and, things, and things, yeah. things like that. Yeah, Our mannerisms
2: sure. are very similar, they though. It's almost creepy. So I actually had a boyfriend once told me that they would sit down because they were – her boyfriend and my boyfriend were friends, and they would sit down and wait for us to come to them because they weren't always sure which was which. That's
1: funny. Okay, now that's weird. And that I said, really Did weird. you guys have masks on?
2: This was before COVID.
1: You could have still had a mask. <laughs> no. On. Okay.
2: No, we didn't. But <laughs> maybe it was until a game they, you played.
1: I don't know. Because
2: we were so similar back then, and now we've
1: your boyfriends couldn't tell you apart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back. No, we the day, could have a whole show on twins.
2: We should have brought her on.
1: We, really could. we could. We'll have her on That'd next time. Oh. So, I'll be honest. So, a year and a half ago, I thought you guys looked more alike
0: than you do. Well, you? I, know.
1: I r- really? But I know you now, mm-hmm. but still.
0: Yeah, that was my point.
1: Yeah. O- over time, I think um, you actually do look different to me. And maybe as you start to mature, et cetera, things start to change. Or well, I, I, I just think that else.
2: the closer you are to us, the more you pick it up on be. certain things.
1: It could be. Because okay. we, are,
2: we are similar to a point. And then we're different.
1: And you're the younger of the two, right?
2: We were C-sections. So it was the luck of the draw. She was okay. just picked out first.
0: No, I've never I've never heard it put that way. The luck of the draw I on mean, a twin she C-section She got bird. snagged out before right. you did. It yeah, was a okay. minute,
2: 60 seconds. So she is older by 60 seconds.
0: So you wow. were just a little tougher to like, you wanted to hang on for a little while. I
2: longer. think so. I developed a little bit more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to stay in there and marinate.
1: So so corporate training with um, a high-end restaurant, Twin right? Peaks. Twin peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also moved into what was really a high-end restaurant, but now also into the real estate world, Yes. Right? So what do you think is the root of, and we have even missed the whole um, race car yeah. past, right? Talk a little bit about that. That's actually fascinating because that yes. was critical years of your life, right? Yeah. Talk about that world when you were living in it.
2: I started rally racing across the country when I was 19. So And you rally.
1: were racing? So what's rally yeah.
2: racing? Yeah. So we did cross the country car rally races. So we would start in New York and go to LA. And it's a 7-day rally and you stop in every major city on the way. Like Gumball? Exactly like Gumball.
0: <laughs> I know Gumball.
2: So I did a leg of Gumball. I've done Gold Rush Target Trophy. Bull Run was my majority of my time, which was 10 years.
1: And you're behind the wheel.
2: Oh, yeah. We're an all-girls okay. team. So it was oh, yeah. my older sister, my twin, and myself. And I remember I was 18, and my older sister was like, do you want to rally race cars? And this was right when Danica Patrick came into the scene, and I was like, I was thinking NASCAR. I was like, yeah. So we met the guys who put on the, the original guys of Gumball. Parted ways and started a rally called Bull Run. It was actually filmed on Mm. Speed. And they reached out because we were very into cars and invited us on the rally. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, Gas Monkey Garage, Fast and Loud. It's a show on
1: Discovery. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Okay,
2: so Richard Rawlings was a very good friend of ours, and he's the one that made that connection to bring us on. Because he had the fastest time from New York to LA, and he was a big part of this rally. Invited us to be part of it, and my first rally, I was just fresh, nineteen years old.
0: You know, it's a massive party, right? Oh, you know, it's it like is like the whole trip. Massive. I can only imagine it, on It's like a let alone the hotel stage. Two buddies who got gumball, and, and it's apparently like it's a all night major yeah. and, and you get back on the wheel and just go yeah. For it. I think Charles wants to hear a story or two.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's it just depends on what rally so gumball is more country club on wheels it's a little more clicky
0: that would make sense for the people i know
2: yes bull run is like anything goes no rules however you get from point a to point b you get there um but it definitely opened up a life to me that most 19 year olds should never see, or people that have never seen in their entire lives. So...
1: How would you describe that life?
2: Unrealistic.
1: In terms of...
2: You just get exposed to a lifestyle that, I mean, fast cars and money and partying and nice hotels and, you know, things...
0: A lot of time fooling me. I've been to. would too. say, "Fast cars, fast money." You know, <laughs> he made a song about that.
2: Yeah, so it was a lot of fun, you know. I, but I didn't live that traditional like college life. That was my life for ten years. So I was ten years, ten years, ten years. Wow! I did. God, I've done fifteen rallies. I think. Yeah.
1: Good night.
2: Yeah. So I s like I said, I started when I was 19 and I did it every year on Bull Run. The last one was sixteen, two thousand fifteen or sixteen.
0: Take twenty-four hours on a bull run and this rabbit. Twenty-four hours.
2: Oh my gosh. You don't know the time zone. You don't know where you wake because you wake up and then you go to sleep in different cities. So like you have to think about time zones, weather. You pretty much get up, you have like this huge parade of people in the streets for your send off. And we had a full film crew in our car. So we traveled because it was aired in like 96 countries. It was just illegal to air it in the US. So we had a full camera crew that traveled with us in my car because we were an all girls team.
1: So were you celebrities or you felt like celebrities?
2: Um, def- Depends. no. I mean, if you followed the rally, you knew who we were. But what
1: was the name of the crew?
2: The we were Team Texas.
1: <laughs> okay, that's pretty creative. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Okay.
2: So yeah, you would wake up and you would be escorted in and out, and then you would hit checkpoints and have lunch and that
1: sounds celebrity to me. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah, that's it was what
2: I'm cool. Thinking. I mean, think about it. For nineteen years old, it felt celebrity because you were living a fast life and then you would end up in a different city, have dinner, have a party. We literally partied all night and then got up and...
1: No drinking and driving at all, though, right?
2: We didn't drink and drive on the road, no.
1: God, no.
0: Probably hung over when they started the next day.
2: Yeah. It was definitely a rough start. But I was also a lot younger, so the hangovers didn't exist like they do to me now. So I could bounce back real fast. Wow. And then we, um, yeah, we did it for seven days straight
1: It was crazy. So 10 years later, you emerged from that to do what?
2: I I was working at Twin Peaks, still doing it. And then I went from Twin Peaks into real estate.
1: Okay. How are you finding that business? I mean, it feels like right now in Arizona, property is at a premium and real estate's on fire. Would you agree with that?
2: I would agree with that. I think it's a lot because COVID opened people's eyes. You don't want to live on top of each other anymore. Mm -hmm. People are coming from California. So people want to live in the nice climate. And where else besides Arizona that's close to California? Yeah. So people are just migrating here like crazy.
1: What are some of the misconceptions people have about being a real estate agent? I think if you're on the outside looking in... You haven't necessarily been involved in a lot of transactions, or don't work in it. It can seem like a really sexy business.
2: I think people think it's easy, and that yeah. is the biggest challenge.
1: Not easy at all. Huh?
2: Not easy at all. People ask me every day, "Oh, I think I'm going to go to real estate
1: school." What do you tell them?
2: Think hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love what I do, but I really think people think they join these brokerages and people just appear. And buy houses from them. Or the brokerage is like, here you go, go sell these houses. And that's not the case. It's an expensive license to hold.
1: Talk about that because you you end up spending a lot of money before you even start, right? Yep. Licensing all of your fees. Association,
2: armless, Mm -hmm. your lockbox, joining the broker, your business cards, starting your marketing, It's a lot more expensive than people think it is.
0: Who's your broker, by the way?
2: I'm with Berkshire Hathaway.
0: Oh, very cool.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I would love for (laughs) these to just come my way and jump out at me, but it's not that easy. And that's why people fall out of the industry every year because they realize, what was it? 6,000 people last year sold more than one house. 6,000. We have 80,000 licensed.
0: Across the country? In Arizona. In Arizona. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So I have a basic premise that nothing is easy. I agree. You have to work for everything. You have to work for everything. And I don't care what it is that you do, what profession you're in. If you're going to have any level of success, you have to work at it. Yeah.
2: And people don't want to work at it. They think that they're just going to come in real estate and it's going to be easy. And I wish they would just not because some get lazy as well. So they just give up and it gives the rest of us kind of a bad name.
1: So talk a little bit, Nicole, about some of the gender differences. Um, If I'm a man selling, let's just say right now you are Nick Mm -hmm. Demas. You're a man. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like life gets tougher in some regards, easier. In some regards, talk a little bit about some of the distinction when we talk about gender in in real estate.
2: I think being a woman in real estate is a lot harder. Why? Uh, we're living in a man's world.
1: Hmm. <laughs> it's,
2: really, it's very you think, true.
0: Really, you think so? Yeah,
2: I truly do. Because, like.
0: I would take that one step further, but we'll finish that. I think that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know what that step is. Do you know what that step is? I
2: just would love for you to. No, no, I don't want to
0: interrupt.
1: Continue on that. My apologies. It's
2: just (laughs) being a girl or being a cute girl, it's like you have to navigate dealing with women, dealing with men, so, yeah, it's been a bit challenging. And, like, oh, my first month, I put my number out there. I was getting dick pics. I'm not even going to lie. Like, straight text dick pics. Mm-hmm. People I didn't even know. That's crazy. Because they'll see my marketing. Oh, yeah. I Don't have a guy that… Did them? I <laughs> sure did not, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did you Google image that? Okay. Um, but… I actually have a guy who calls me still to this day with a no-caller ID, and he's, like, in a deep voice, and he says very inappropriate things. Are you kidding? I am not kidding you. That is scary. I wish I was. That's just
0: weird. but that's scary, though. It is very scary. I mean, you know, I think of it from the standpoint of, I mean, I know one of the the routine things that happens in real, real estate is that you have open houses, right? Right. And think about if you're there alone.
2: Which and I do some, not do. And
0: some creep,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right, who leaves you this really crazy voicemail. Exactly. Unbeknownst to you, shows up, right? You don't know. This person comes in, they walk in, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, I'm interested in the home. Can you tell? give me some information? I mean, it's just, that's a little scary.
2: That's why I work with a lot of referrals or sure. people I know <laughs> because I do struggle with that. I one time put like a marketing thing out and I started getting, you know, these dick pics or text messages or... Now I have this person who calls me, and one of my girlfriends said, "You know, you posted something, and your phone number is not on it." And I said, "That was on purpose."
1: That's truly unfortunate because right. obviously people need to contact you right. if they want to do business with you mm-hmm. or potentially do business with you. And now you have to think about these weirdos. Man. And then it's, then it's like, it,
2: "It's do you want to go on a date?" Or it's crazy. I can I didn't think about it before, and now. I think
0: about it a lot. What is wrong with people? I think I I I repeat that phrase at least once every day. (laughs) That is
2: crazy. I have struggles sometimes that I'll tell my fiance I'm done with this. Really? Oh, yeah.
1: How does he respond to that?
2: I mean, I'm a pretty strong individual, so he knows. And I'm pretty confrontational, so... I deal with the situation. Then when you say thinking.
1: confrontational, are you causing these confrontations, or you mean no? Oh, okay.
2: I'm not causing <laughs> okay. them
1: because I don't. I don't see you as confrontational. <laughs> you, you end them. Yeah, I, do. I, I see you as able to handle your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But it is such a turn off. Like with the no caller ID, I can't even block this person, mm-hmm. and it's like a creepy voice of like, "What are you wearing?" It's so weird. Do you have nothing better to do with your time?
0: Clothes.
2: Exactly. <clears throat> A
1: turtleneck. (laughs) Okay. All right. So what are some of the outside of that gender piece, which is, wow, you know, thinking through that. I mean, that's just, um, so to your point, this is probably something that men typically don't ever have to really think about. No. Right?
2: I don't. And then it's like, you're cute, but you're not single. And then it's like you're successful, but how successful are you? You know, you're successful enough to be at a certain price point, but maybe not a higher. Hmm. It's just always that back and forth.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's truly unfortunate. Yeah. So, <clears throat> in your eyes, you've been at this almost what two years now?
2: Mm-hmm, just shy.
1: You probably came in thinking. These are the characteristics of a great real estate agent. Two years later, do you feel the same way?
2: I've learned a lot.
1: What are some of the most critical things you've learned in order to become successful?
2: Taking your own emotions out of it. Okay. I mean, you know, I always wanted to be like a counselor for high school because I think dealing with situations are is very fascinating to me. So now I'm just dealing with different emotions, you know? It's a big decision for people. It's, you know. Sometimes
1: the biggest decision people make, make, especially as a couple.
2: Exactly. A first home or all the memories that they're leaving behind, you know, good and bad. So just navigating through that, I've learned a lot in two years.
1: And Go ahead, Joe. And when you say take your emotions out of it, what do you mean by that? So is there an example of something? Is it sort of allowing them to move through these different levels of emotion without you becoming a part of that? Right. Is, okay.
2: I would – I I will give you an opinion. Absolutely. But I don't want my opinion to steer someone in a direction. Got I can it. give you my honesty all the time. But I also – Found that selling a house like it's your mother or your best friend or your grandma has given me a level of success as well. Like I'm honest with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has made me successful.
0: Hmm. We have um, a a realtor in uh, in Orange County, Newport Beach, Rondo Mm -hmm. Mar area. And she's become a really dear family friend, she and our family. Uh, over the years and she she works all the time as you can imagine in real estate you're you're always on right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but what has always just blown my mind she shares these stories about how rude people are like how difficult people particularly people who are you know buying or selling you know really expensive homes um how they really will mistreat her the kinds of things they will say to her um that I just have always found appalling are, do you find that you have a difficult time with the public who is out purchasing and buying real estate or selling real estate? Is that something that you that you find is depending on the price point of the home?
2: I've been lucky with my clients, truly I have. Um, but I have definitely heard conversations with fellow agent friends of mine that would blow you away, like cussing them out mm-hmm. on the phone. It's insane, and I get it, but. You know, we have a job to do too. So, and if you don't like that, and people get very, very offended because they always want to assume that their place is worth more. So when you have Mm. that conversation sometimes, you know, it's not always the easiest.
1: Got it. Got it.
2: Because they have a number, you know, everyone has a number. So that's Mm. always my question right away. What's the number you have in your head? Because I know you have one. Just tell me what it is. And we will try and get you as close to that as possible when you're selling or you're out of your mind.
1: Because there's a time element to all this too, right? And the longer something sits Mm -hmm. on the market, the less desirable typically it becomes. So you want that first price to be as accurate as possible, I would imagine. And
2: then Mm -hmm. when you see people decreasing, decreasing the price, they're assuming, okay, they want to get out of this. So that's when lower offers come and they see that you're anxious to sell.
1: Yeah. So with the advent of technology and everything being marketed to us, has HGTV been an enemy or a friend
0: of yours?
2: You know, people don't bring that up as much as you would think.
0: Okay. You mean from a standpoint though of everybody thinks that they can now go out and do buy fixer upper house and do a fixer upper. Have, up. all, the Have um, all the information. Here's what I should get right, for exactly. fixer upper. Exactly. From that kind of vantage point. That's what yeah. I was thinking when you said yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that that circles back to why everyone thinks that they should get their real estate license. Yes. <laughs> They want to be the Gaines.
1: <laughs> if it's not that, it's an interior designer or exactly. decorator, right? Like yeah. they think yeah. that they're
2: going to get into real estate and they're going to fix and flip houses. And what people don't understand is you are up against cash buyers. If you're going to fix and flip houses, you better have cash because you're not going to finance these and then fix them up and flip them. I mean, these people are coming with cash offers in and out in 30 days Absolutely. and turning and burning them.
0: So no, it means a complete industry, quite frankly. Yeah, it's a business that yes. people they raise cash to do this. You know, where they exactly go and buy homes. You know, at volume and do this work. So yeah,
2: and you're burning through quick. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a lot of people um, that do on a lower level, and right now they can't even compete because they may not have the cash or the cash flow or the resources to even compete with these cash buyers that are coming in. I actually, right before I came in here, a friend of mine reached out to me about a house. It was listed at 485, no showings till the 20th and the 21st, and then they were going to review offers on the 24th. So I called the agent and I said, hey, I have a client that wants to see this. I will be out of town the 20th and the 21st. Could I maybe get 10 minutes of your time to show him? And she told me they have four offers, sight unseen, all over asking, that he's not even going to show the house if he doesn't have to. Cash. I didn't ask specifics yeah. on it, but- Probably. And waiving yeah. inspection, waiving everything, appraisal. I was going to say
0: appraisals as well. He so was a What, is, what like. is it like right now? What would you say is the price point here in Arizona where homes are just flying off the shelf? Because my mother-in-law actually sold her home probably about a month ago. And it went for basically like five or ten thousand over asking. We were Mm -hmm. super concerned about the appraisal, um, and somehow managed to avoid that scenario. Mm -hmm. They came out; it it actually appraised to the 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 purchase price. Um, And but the people weren't concerned at all. They they wanted the home. They weren't concerned about what it were appraised for. So that's it's an interesting dynamic. I'd love to hear more about you know what you're seeing out there with respect to that.
2: Um, I think 250 to 600 that price point is just going. So if you're at 8 above, it's a little easier to find something. And you're not having to waive as much because at that price point, people don't. Now, some people are, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But as far as appraisals, I'm seeing things appraised for a ridiculous amount. A lot more mm-hmm. than I thought that they would, but here's the question to that. If you have 10 offers all over asking and you have 10 people willing to pay that price, how are you going to say it's not worth that? You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. You've got
2: to set that standard somewhere in that neighborhood.
0: Absolutely. I've always heard that a a home is worth what people are willing to pay. What
1: someone's willing to pay for it.
2: And that is true.
1: But the appraisals become so formulaic. Yeah. Right, at times. And and do they really take into account demand and so, current trending and that sort of thing? Neighborhood. I'm not no, sure. Part, Na- part neighborhood. Hell, right. Sure.
2: I think that they are. I just sold something well over anything in the neighborhood in Peoria. And I was a little worried about the appraisal, but I mean, I had 10, 12 offers on the house. So it's like-
0: Somebody will
2: buy it. Somebody's going to buy it. And yeah. that's the thing with the appraisal. People are just- And the people who don't have money to come out of pocket to meet that gap that it doesn't appraise for, those are the people that I feel sorry for in this market because people are coming out of pocket with massive amounts of cash to make up for it because they don't care because they have nowhere else to go. Not only that, these sellers are doing post-possessions leasebacks for $0 for 90 days and people are signing off on it.
0: Got it. So what do you worry about in this type of real estate market? Because, I mean, obviously there's a lot of good in terms of high prices, uh, scarcity in terms of like the available inventory. And so you are getting multiple offers at a time. What do you worry about in terms of the, the, the short and long term impacts for you and your business?
2: I just worry about the people who can't find anything like clients of mine that can't, that don't have the means of funds to put it out on the table.
0: Not DJ, right? (laughs) <laughs> no comment.
2: Um, no, definitely not him. Uh, I just, I think, I hope this weeds out agents. I really do. Interesting. I really do.
0: Mm. Sort of like a calling of the yeah. good versus not huh. so good. Those who aren't as- um,
2: Motivated like should, yeah,
0: or- sure. Yeah, or, or in it for the wrong reasons or think it's just a fun part-time job.
2: Well, my favorite thing is I'm going to get my real estate license for my friends and family. Well, when your friends and family don't use you, it's going to be a rude awakening because that happens.
1: Have you ever had that experience? Absolutely. Not
2: you know? family, friends.
1: How do you handle that?
2: Uh, it was hard at first. Yeah. Because I support my friends. I'm huge on that. I always will be big on that. I want to support any business my friends want to build or start up or create and I'll stand behind them and I think going into real estate it tested me on that because I wasn't successful, you know, I somebody had to take a chance on me in the beginning. I, I
0: think that's an inherent surety in yeah. business, quite frankly. That your friends and family aren't going to be Mm-mm. your most loyal um supporters. Uh, and I don't mean in a way where they're like wishing for you to fail, but in terms of utilizing your service or, or, or you know, really supporting you in that way. I think that a lot of people, for whatever reason, you, know, you, you get out there and all of a sudden they're just not so sure. Maybe perhaps they're concerned about your competence and I'm not yeah. suggesting anything no, like that. No, I agree. I've experienced that in my business as well, where you think that you're going to have, and this is you know, almost 20 years later, you think that you're going to have this massive group of people that you know in your network yep. that are all going to help you and support you. And I, I think that's rarely the case.
2: But I also think I'll go back to that. But I also think when people say, "Oh, I'll do it for my friends and family," okay, then you're not practicing it every day, so you're not up on the rules and how quick the market's moving.
1: So, loss, yeah. yeah,
2: the loss. So you can do one or two transactions, sure. You're going to be so behind the game. So why would those people even want to use you at that point if you aren't up with the knowledge and the market and all the rules?
0: So, so. Describe for us um, your ideal client. I would assume that you don't. <laughs> I, would, I would assume that you don't take on every listing or every person who's looking to buy a home. Do you have some sort of uh, criteria or, or means of sort of shortlisting outside of cash?
2: With? I I take on right now most people. Because they are referred to me through somebody. So somebody speaks for them. Right. There's really nothing too small for me or too big.
1: And well, and you know what? I think that when you talk about these price ranges, let me come back to something too. I think another thing in this industry, some of the hesitancy might be, hey, I've just known you as a friend for all this long. Mm-hmm. Not quite sure you're going to be able to. But the other part of that is, There's a revelation of a whole lot of personal information. Mm.
2: But I think...
1: Right. uh, Yeah, yeah, you
2: just hit it
0: on the head. Right. Lenders and
2: title dig into that more than I do. Sure, you have to show me a prequal or you have to show me a proof of funds. After that, I'm not really digging into your financials. So that is a big misconception as well. Interesting. If you're paying cash, sure, I'll see a proof of funds of what you can bring. If you are financing, I see a prequel of what you finance too. Other than that, I don't dig in your financials.
0: Yeah, the cash folks probably All you friends of Nicole out here who have been funning as ballers (laughs) and you're not, she's not going to like find out your game. So So, it's, it's all good.
2: And I don't even know why friends didn't use me or whatever. But I think they'll come back because now, you know. You're on a level of success.
0: Start rolling a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. I know what I'm doing. I, I think, unfortunately, that is sometimes what it takes, right? Because people want to mm-hmm. see. Exactly right. well, I'm just going to wait and see if she's actually really any good at this. Yeah, I, I think that is a little bit of the perspective where people tend to, you know, and unfortunately, that's the way it works sometimes. Sometimes you have people who are like, "Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you, you know. Your first house, I want to, you know, I'm you're going to sell mine, but I don't know that that's really." Human nature, in a lot of respects, so I, I do think people tend to want to see something work first and then they'll get behind it. We, we you know,
1: truth be we also just have haters out there. I mean, let's,
0: let's just, <laughs> I was trying to what? I was trying to say, I, I agree. I, I think zone.
1: some of it is, you know, prove your competency to me. I, I have a lot of options. I think the other is, eh, I'm really not trying to see you win like that.
2: You can make hundred I don't want to see you in
1: the championship.
2: That is so true.
1: Yeah, I, I think I there's that too.
2: I think that. They want to knock your hustle, and that's fine. I have people who will support me no matter what. It just took that first person to take a chance. And after that, you know, when you're ready and you see where I'm at, you'll call me.
0: Yeah. So what is the hardest part of this work, in your opinion?
2: I really think it's that. When people you think, everyone I thought would use me did not. And everyone who I would have never expected it did, which is mind-blowing. I have this conversation every day with new agents. I just had it the other day with a girl in my office, called me crying about a family member who didn't want to use her. And I said, you better wipe the tears quick because that is going to happen.
1: So you didn't hold her in your arms. I
2: absolutely did not. Okay. Because it's so true. And I struggled with it in the beginning and now I'm just like, okay. Did
0: you tell loss. her just to have her family member call you.
2: <laughs> this is my phone number. No, I did not tell her that. And there was some
0: heavy breathing on. Yeah, I just.
2: It's, it's true. Everyone knows a real estate agent. So funny. So. <laughs> Everyone knows somebody who does real estate, and they'll do it for oh, a one percent or this or that. Okay. Have fun.
1: It's such a – I mean, I, I feel for you guys. I really do. Not not in a I feel sorry for you, but just everything you're describing. Remember Theron, who yeah. I brought over to the house, oh, yeah, right? Sure. He's Berkshire Hathaway in mm. Vegas, and he's new at the game, a couple mm-hmm. months in. And to your point, cracking that first deal is really tough. But – It is. A, you, because you're asking people who have known you for 20-plus years – on strictly personal levels. hmm Or I'm now a twin peaks girl. Imagine You're right. That. E- exactly, right?
2: Yeah. That You know, or in over... his case, as
1: an industry dude in, in uh, nightlife, to make this transition to one of the most important decisions I'm about to make in my life, I'm entrusting it with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily good or bad, but I think that's the dynamic. But it's funny because he told me the story of a buddy he's known for a really long time going through a divorce. Um, came down to Vegas, wants to do some house hunting. Mm. He's like, man, I know you. So T, my, my boy who's in real estate, is like, are we, take it? are we seriously? Are we really doing this? Mm. Yeah, man, yeah, we're going to look at some properties. Comes down, they spend the whole weekend looking at properties. He's like, man, are you serious about this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You got a pre-approval letter? <laughs> so the running joke now is three months later, Got a pre-approval letter? (laughs) Like, where's your pre-approval letter? Has never produced one. Not serious. So to me, that's the other side of it is people who want to take this as a hobby, you know, looky Lucy and looky Larry, don't have much else to do for the weekend. Let's call Nicole and go look at a couple houses out in Cave Creek. It's like, you know what? No, I'm trying to actually sell a house. This is a business for me. So how often does that come into play, where people are kind of, you know, looking, thinking, and want to involve you in that process. You kind of have to treat it all the same, don't you?
2: The conversation's easier now. Have you been pre-approved? Because I get the question of, what would my mortgage payment be? We are so
0: far <laughs> off <laughs>
2: that. I need to know what you're pre-approved yeah. for, how much you're going to put down, before we even get to what yeah. you approve going I sure did. <laughs> what,
0: was that required? But you know what?
2: I will be honest. So since that's open, I remember showing you and not even asking you that conversation was so far down the road. And you finally said to me, I know this is going to be a conversation proof of funds.
0: I, I've actually never had a realtor ask me that. I mean, I, I, I never have, you know, we bought homes in Portland now and, and um, in, in Newport beach area. Um, I've never had a realtor ask me that question. You
2: normally know you when people are
0: why I serious. Don't know, or you, you don't know why seem well, serious. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> to say why. But I don't why? think so. Why are you huh? What? Stop. No. No. Well, we want to know, know why. Know why? Know that. that's we that's we both want to know why. Yeah, no, we want to know, know why. That? I know what you were about to say. So <laughs> I perhaps it could be. I don't know if this is the answer. <laughs> but perhaps it could be the price point of a home that you're. Yes. That could be it. I don't know if – I mean, but I, I would suspect that there are a lot of people who are just kicking tires on expensive homes too. That's my guess.
2: You, It's very rare you're going to have somebody send you a million-dollar listing that they want to look at it and they can't necessarily afford it because that's just an embarrassing conversation oh, sure, sure. after. But I normally can tell when yeah. people are serious and when they're not.
1: Okay, and I'm. this is a, maybe a tough question. How can you tell without injecting stereotypes?
2: How quickly they move through the house.
1: Ah, interesting. Yeah. So it dips, <laughs> it's like, okay. Dude. Or you know
2: what you're looking for. You know exactly what you're looking yeah. for. So if you walk in and you're looking around and you're just, hmm, you know, those people, not as serious. People who are ready to make a move look at certain things.
0: I think it also can be, and I'm just thinking about you know the times where I've looked for homes in, in, in certain places, but a lot of it is just when you're reaching out and you're explaining your situation, right? And you're giving a lot of data, a lot of information, yeah. uh, just to, to make sure that the person on the other end, that realtor that you're working with, has a sense that, okay, this sounds legit. Like, it sounds like this is like a real... Situation, They really are looking at this particular price point or this particular area of town because of a certain desire or need. So that to me would be a little bit of a pre-qualifier too. I have no idea in terms of how you look at that.
2: Also, you have to understand that they might not be ready right now,
0: Mm -hmm. but
2: they could be ready. So that's always a juggle of maybe not now, maybe in two months. And it's like you don't necessarily want to push them to the side because… They could end up being a lifelong or a lifelong client.
0: Yeah, I you know I, um, I just, I'm, I'm thinking of my um, realtor friend in Newport Beach, and I never forget when we went we over in 2004. We went over to buy a home, looking at a second home there, and it was interesting because I really didn't know if we were serious or not, mm-hmm. because I think I was serious, but you know. We typically are not necessarily going to be the ones driving the answer on that meeting, the the man in the equation. So my wife was just, I don't know why we're looking at these homes. I have no idea why. This is ridiculous. This is a waste of time. And in the 10th home, we walked in and she went, oh, my God, I love it. And we bought the house. Exactly. It it, it blew my mind. So you never know, right?
2: Um, My best client said to me the other day, if I see something that I like, you know I'll make a move.
1: (laughs) Is that right? <laughs> That's what he said to
2: me. So you not necessarily <laughs> is he looking, but if he sees something he likes, he'll make a move.
0: And from your vantage point, you're okay with that.
2: Yes. With certain people, correct? I am.
1: Yeah, it's I you know what, it's um I think to your point, Nicole, and I'm I'm really pleased to hear you talk about the peaks and valleys of this business, because yeah. it's important. It's important for folks who are out buying and selling to understand some of the things you guys go through, but also potential real estate agents who yes. think this is like a hobby on the weekend or something that just kind of, eh, you know, I'm tired of this. Let me get into real estate.
2: It's going to be so easy.
1: And when you're not selling homes, you're still paying
2: mm-hmm. to be
1: a real estate agent. Yes. And,
2: and, and that's you, the part
1: people don't realize. True.
2: And you want to sign on with the brokerage that has some credibility Absolutely. so then you deal with splits and you deal with this and your copies and your you know it's always a payout so yeah it has its ups and it has its downs but i just wish people knew what it really was and it, that it isn't very easy that it is a grind it is a business
1: mm.
0: and i don't think it's easy at all i mean it's i can't imagine it's easy no it's i, mean, competitive. I watch people all the time on the weekends as i'm riding around and i see somebody you know Putting the sign out, yep. ride down the street, put another sign, and, and you guys pay for that too. You know, huh? And I'm yeah. like, wow, that, I don't. Yep. That's not yeah. what I think I want to do uh, at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get that. I know. Question for you: um, Are you the type of real estate junkie that follows trends across the country? Like, do you do you look at um, real estate <laughs> in other markets to just get a sense of what's going on there and what the values are?
2: Not as much as I should. I like to know my focus in my market more than I follow Dallas a little bit because I go back often and I would entertain getting my license there as well to sell the family.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. are comfortable. They will use you.
2: Family. Yeah. yeah. It's the
0: friends. It's the
2: friends.
0: Oh, suckers. Any, any knowledge about New York at all?
2: not as much because they're they do it a different process than we do. So it's very different in New York than our traditional selling in Arizona.
0: Just in general, would you How consider- you
2: hold title is different there. Got it. Yes. Would I like to do it in New York? Sure.
0: Would you would you consider now to be a good time to buy? In New York, because I understand it's a mass exodus. I mean, New York is the number one. I was reading in Forbes the other day. New York's the number one city in the country where people are moving out in droves uh, and leaving the city.
2: That's like asking if I think buying in California is smart right now because people are leaving. I don't know. Because you never know. In five years, people could migrate back to L.A. And then your equity in that house that you bought for X amount could Go up again. But it's
0: New York. I mean, my premise would be that if you bought a New York right now in somewhat depressed pricing, that at some point- It's going to appreciate I think the question is, are you
1: buying at the right price? Have we seen the bottom of some of these sure. you know, penthouses, et cetera, yeah. which is, I'm sure what you're looking at? Have we seen it bottom out? And I think that's the question I'd have in my head. If I'm in California, there's some freaky tax stuff going on yeah. right now. So for a totally different reason, I'm probably not looking at California just True. yet. True. They're trying to do some legacy stuff on, you know, home taxes. Well, you you own property there. So if you're buying a new property now, I think they're trying to invoke some some new legislation. So California probably a little freaky. Um New York personally, Charles, I probably would be looking at. Um I Are
2: you looking?
0: Um I would like to be looking, put it that way. I love the city. I love New York. Yeah. Love I love spending time too. there. And um, I would like to spend more time there long term.
1: Because there's certain like mm-hmm. Greenwich Village folks. I mean, we, we know. Yeah. That's only going to bottom out so much and it's always going to be desirable. Sure. Right.
0: Um, but it's. Uh, and I think I'll be spending a lot more time there over the next few years. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I think that'll have an impact on that.
1: If you weren't selling real estate, what would you be doing?
2: People ask me that all the time. What do you tell them? I always wanted to be like in the FBI for like crime. I know that's so weird. I think that's so cool though. I think
0: So you're a CSI junkie? No. Are you an I,
1: investigation discovery junkie?
2: Not really. I just like I'm so fascinated fascinated by like narcotics and stuff like that, like drug busts and whatnot.
1: And you want to be at like involved in that.
2: I think I definitely could be. <laughs> Okay. or okay. if not, like I always liked counseling. I thought I really like to help people. And I think that's why I got into real estate because I may not be helping them in the way I wanted to originally, but I'm helping them in a way.
1: It sounds like you like to get at the root of things.
2: Yeah, I do.
1: Like you don't like to stay up here. Mm-mm. You want to get to, I'm not okay, service now level. I, right. Yes. In- interesting. That's probably why you're good at what you do. In real yeah. Estate. Yeah. Because you do want to understand what, what's motivating this person to, mm-hmm. And they can make it challenging for you, I would imagine, if you're not quite sure what is driving this person to make but I think these that decisions. that's
2: why I do kind of let them maybe drag me around and look because they have to sort out their feelings on it yeah. because I understand that process. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Shifting gears just a tiny bit. Um, I know that we have a tremendously hot real estate market mm-hmm. right now. But I also know that there's a layer of discontent around, uh, particularly Proposition 208. Have you seen in which where there's going to be a surtax for you know, wage earners over a certain mm-hmm. level? Have you seen any impact in real estate relative to people who are, say, let's say your your customers here that are saying, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm leaving Arizona. I'm going to make my residence somewhere else. Texas is one of those places. Uh, have you seen any impact around that at all? In well, your the
2: property tax in Texas is a lot, and that's what people don't get. Hmm. The property tax there is very high. So they may not have state income tax, but their property taxes are hefty. I actually have a friend who just bought a house in Miami to make his primary residence. He has a house From here. here? Okay. He has one here, but he just bought in Miami. He's an escrow here and there, and he's going to make that his primary because – Arizona is what the eleventh most expensive state to live in right now. Now, yes, which is insane. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm seeing more people flock here, which is, but then again, it's cheaper than California. So,
0: yeah, just read an article yeah, said the like problem. People show up in Arizona from California with like uh, dump trucks.
2: Yeah. Money. Oh yeah. Seems they were like. saying like 32 people a day at one point were moving here from California.
0: That's crazy. I mean, we um, had our not haven't had it on the market, but we have a, a realtor friend in the neighborhood who occasionally will call and say, "Hey, would you sell your house?" Like, maybe, absolutely. And, um, but buy what then? Right. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Right? Yeah, that, but that, I, that is the conundrum, and right. and then it comes up with, well, they can spend five million bucks. I'm like, whoa. Well, my house isn't worth five million bucks, but I'll sell it to them five million exactly. So it, it's just a crazy. It is worth five million it's $5 it's bucks. Crazy. Though. I mean, it's just a crazy scenario right now where, yeah, you can sell for, you know, well above what mm-hmm. you perhaps think your home may be worth. But when you need to go back into the market, I mean, we all need somewhere to live. Yeah, you have a home down the street, though. Oh, so two homes.
2: <laughs> but here's the thing. You've
1: you seen a you deer in headlights? I just
2: saw it. But here's the thing is if you're getting – that much more equity out of your house. Right. Say, let's just use 300000 okay? You have $300,000 in equity. You can pull out of your house. You can then bridge up to a higher price point.
0: Well, that and seems to defeat the point to me, right? I mean...
2: No, because you're getting more house. But you're paying house. the
0: same... You're, you're paying the same premium for what you just perhaps sold for, right? So now... I'm buying. Yeah, but you're going to be in a price point. I just sold a hundred thousand dollar house, right? Right, and now I'm going to go buy a four hundred thousand dollar house that is going to increase my expenses, increase you know what I have to use as as resources to take care of the home. Like, how do I? How do I? Like, in other words, I'm I'm sort of like I haven't really taken advantage of the opportunity to really make a large increase in my profit that I would typically expect in a home. And now I've given it all away by just paying a lot more for something that is, you know, it sort of defeats the purpose. My thought is, look, if I can sell the home and I can go sit on the sideline somewhere for like two years and wait for the market to do this, and then I'm buying at a much, much But how
2: But how discount. do you think the market's going to take a dip if we have so many people moving here and not enough inventory for them? like we can't keep cycles, up with it
0: right i mean you at some point you would assume that the market can't withstand all the increases and in that you know if there's any sort of um retraction in any part of the market let's say wages go down or let's say there's a recession or when do you foresee that happening i have no idea but and you see i think if that's you look the at point historical though. trends yeah. though, is if you look at historical trends i agree it happens like you know, there's a it's typically we're we're overdue on what is typically a 10 year cycle. We're probably several years ahead of where typically you would have seen a recession, maybe. I, two I think years
1: COVID ago. shifted that. I think
0: partially it Trump has shifted
1: that. Right? For certain geographies though. Yeah. That's
0: why you see some of these places that opened up. And and you read about, like for instance, I follow a guy named Brian Bulo who's with um ITR economics. Guys has he has like a 96 or 97% accuracy rate over the last 25, 30 years in terms of predicting mm. you know market trends. And his 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 I just got his trends report the other day. Uh he's predicting that 2022 is where we're gonna see perhaps a much major dip. But the bigger piece is this isn't and I'm not really focused on necessarily the, the short term, let's say the next 12, 24 months. He's predicted and it's been very consistent with this, a absolute depression in 2029. And so the idea is by 2020, 2028, 2029, definitely by 2030, you need to be like cash rich. Like you need to have tons of cash. It's almost like having a lot of, it's almost having like a wallet full of money doing like a massive fire sale. Okay, so so let's assume
1: that's the case. What are you doing today to prepare for that.
2: Hiding it um, under your mattress?
0: No, I mean. I can look up your I, I tax think records. I think to t-
2: <laughs> I'll get your
0: address. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> to t- I think today, I mean, the, the idea today is obviously you're, you're still trying to build up resources and equity. You're still trying right. to create value today. Right. So I think today, no, I'm not saying I'm going to go run and hide under my right. my pillow. Right. But today, what I what But over doing? the long term, it's the mindset of thinking about what the long term looks like. And saying, hey, by this point in time, I really want to have most of my assets in, you know, per, per, for the most part, tons of cash so that I can take advantage of it. One, I can sort of be in a really protected state. In other words, if you've got a lot of assets, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in stocks, whatever it may be. And then all the all of a sudden the value of those things comes down substantially. Now, all of a sudden, your little nest egg from a value standpoint is Significantly less than what you thought it would be. And I, but and if you're I think, in cash, yeah. cash is cash, right? If you're in cash, everyone, don't call declines. me. Call
2: Charles if you're looking to follow well, someone. Well, well, or no, 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 on no. Someone.
0: You know, but, but, but here's the point. This, this that, is just Charles. this is just yeah. theory. No, right? I, I, I don't. I don't have any answers. But the thought is, if you're going to be in a place where you know the market takes a tremendous tumble, and you're sitting on a pile of cash, right? guess what? Now you have you know you. I have a I have a, a friend who does this in private equity, and they crush it because essentially what they do he's done a great job of saying you know what let's start to sell a lot of our assets you know a lot of our businesses because we want to be heavy in cash and so when the day comes that business values start to just take a nosedive, we want to be there to pick off all the good companies that will be able to survive but at the same time their values are significantly depressed i look at real estate the same way yeah so i i think there's a couple
1: things to think about i think that yeah trends go back and forth up down whatever I think, are you purchasing your home for cash? That's a significant factor. Are you highly leveraged in these homes? That matters a lot. 100%. Are you renting these homes out? Mm-hmm. That matters a lot. 100%. There's so many factors because homes can be a source of cash if, if you're renting them out as That's well. So Especially when people a lot of, can't get un- can't something. Get, a, exactly.
0: You Until can't people can't
2: pay. So here's the, the thing, risk. though. Last year, more credit card debt was paid off than ever. Last year. Because you couldn't go out and do anything. You weren't spending any of your money.
0: Now you're going to use your resources wisely, right?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, and everything I listened to last year, the Cromford report of predictions of the market and real estate was the complete opposite. Also, I had an incredible year last year. So we were in the middle of a pandemic. I had a great year. Americans paid off more debt than ever before. So now all these people have this money to spend. So
0: and real estate is local. So are we going to crash? That's an interesting dynamic too. And I don't know if it's just this market here. You know, we had a really you know what I would call a commendable year. You say we in the business. Yep, Um, a commendable year in terms of just you know revenue, profit, all those things. And I don't know a lot of people, particularly here in Arizona, where disaster just fell upon them. You know, in the exactly. and, and during the during the course of the pandemic. But that said, everything you read, and obviously, we don't want to. We're not going to start a media conversation here. I think that's completely different. But you hear stories of just sheer economic disaster mm-hmm. with individuals and businesses. It's the whole reason we have this all this this second round of PPP money, which I, I qualify for, it, but unfortunately not. So they're they're probably probably for their first round. <laughs> <laughs> there is a story, right? Yeah, you got to tell the truth. There there you, go, you can't just
1: be half telling the truth. you got to tell the truth. What does bro? that have to do with
0: anything? What is You're you the not qualified for the second one well, have to do with anything? I, I think everybody qualified for the first one. Quite frankly, they did. Everybody qualified for the first one for the most part. The the, the criteria were very different. <laughs> Sorry, right, man. We ain't gonna put people's <laughs> in the street. We ain't gonna put people's <laughs> in the
2: street. Did he say he qualified
0: for it? I didn't get I didn't. I'm having oh. a conversation here. Oh. We're not talking about oh. my personal situation. What I'm talking about is just the overall trend. <laughs> he said in most people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look, here's the deal. I think with real
1: estate, you have to pay attention to what's happening locally. I think these global trends, when we talk about real estate, I think that gets really tough. Oh, for it's sure. not a stock, I, right? I, I would yeah. agree. So you or got to. i not want to
0: buy a place in New Yeah, York, right?
1: yeah. you and got to. And that's why it, I don't
2: follow. Anything really closely like I do here because I gotta. It. Yeah,
1: it's a local game. It's, it it's is a local, local game. game. Um. Well, congratulations because we see this thing blazing on your finger over here. We we can. I what don't thing? know if people can that see that. Blinding.
0: Can the see like that? steel uh, and metal? And- Precious stones. I mean, that is pretty impressive. That's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Had
1: a chance to meet your fiance Well Wonderful, done. Wonderful man. Yes. Well
2: so so that's,
0: that's
1: exciting.
2: That's been a struggle too with the pandemic of getting engaged right before it. So that's been a lot of fun. Well,
1: that ring doesn't look like it's struggling. What, no, do, you, what that, do you mean? That ring looks Where's like the it, struggle there?
0: There's no discount in that <laughs> ring. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that's not a fire sale ring kid. over there.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it happened right before the pandemic. So I got engaged to sit home with him for months.
1: Get to know each other, right? You're still engaged. That's actually- We made
2: it. That's
0: super positive. Yeah, but we are planning on getting
2: married end of this year. When's the wedding day? October 30th. Oh,
0: nice. Great month.
2: Why? Is that your birthday month?
0: Oh. Thank you for for jumping into that one. Personally. Didn't pick that one up. (laughs) That that didn't take too long.
2: (laughs) Sure did not. Mine is this month, March 29th. ninth. I'll be accepting gifts, flowers, drinks- (laughs) (laughs)
1: Homes, <laughs>
2: all kinds of things.
1: We, Phone we can calls. take care of all those things. <laughs> all those no things. caller ID. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure having you on the thank show. Thank you guys so much. Um, so great to meet you. This yeah. was fun. Yeah.
2: It was nice to meet you finally, too.
1: So, thank you for joining us, Nicole. And then, thank you for joining us on The Conscious Vibe.
0: See you next time. Thank you for joining us. And check us out on tcvpodcast.com.